Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Friday, June the 3rd, 2022. It is currently 11.15 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas, where I'm currently sitting in front of this microphone. And to be honest, I'm not very excited. I'm not. Typically, when I sit in front of this microphone, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be good. This is going to be beneficial. I I can't wait to talk about it. But unfortunately, I'm sitting here going, I I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to do this. So I have a question for you. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? When you start something, you realize, "Ah, I don't even really know if this is that beneficial, but you continue to do so and try to press on to finishing it. Is it like, is it a, is it a good thing that I am demonstrating the discipline to finish what I'm started? Or is it just shows that I'm dumb and hard headed and not, and don't take a hint that I probably should drop this because it was a bad idea in the first place, which is it? Dedication, discipline, commitment, or hard-headed foolishness, dumb, <laughs> and and don't I don't have enough sense in a sense to come in from the rain. Well, which is it? Which is it? Because I I think I made a bad decision. I thought it was a good decision. I really did. I really thought it was a good decision. But it did not take long to realize it was a bad decision. I guess the only good thing is we did get a little bit of a study of Balaam and his talking donkey. We did, we did a kind of a mini series on that. In fact, we need to probably get back and do probably maybe one or more studies on that particular subject. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about Balaam and his talking donkey again in our study of Jude. So I guess that that kind of little mini-series, I, I think we we covered some very interesting things there. So I guess that that kind of arose from this. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, all right, here's what happened. I don't even know how many years ago. It's, it feels like it was a lifetime ago. I came across the book or and the sermon series, 30 Life Principles, preached by Charles Stanley. Now, the idea is that he's been preaching these life principles for 50 years plus of ministry. So on one hand, I'm fascinated by that. Here's someone who's been in ministry for 50 plus years. I don't always agree with his theology. There's a lot I could, you know, criticize and, 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 you know, have problems with. But still, here's someone who's been preaching and teaching for 50 years, and here's these life principles. That's fascinating to me, right? Because I'm like, that's cool. I wonder if I was to write down my life principles, what would mine be? What would mine look like? But but here's someone who's been preaching for a long time. I could probably learn from these life principles. But from the very beginning, from the very first time I looked at the life principles, from the very first time I started listening to the sermon series, there was always this weird disconnect. Like I'm like, okay, this look, here's 30 life principles. This looks cool, right? This look, I could write these down and meditate on them each day. But for some weird reason, it it just never connected. It just, it just, I just always felt like, wait a minute. Okay, where is he getting these life principles from? Wait, is that, is that, is that really what the scriptures? And I just, I just never, it just never clicked. And but no matter how many times. It did not click. I, I find myself returning to them over and over again, just looking at them going, 
This, this would be, you know, he's got the 30 Life Principles book, the 30 Life Principles study guide, the Life Principles Bible. It, it, it turned into kind of a marketing thing as well. There was just, it became a brand. And I was always like, other people are buying the books, obviously. They keep selling them. They keep promoting them. So p- people are buying the Life Principles Bible. So other people, they're connecting with them. So what is my, what's the disconnect with me? Why am I having a problem with him? So it's just been a mystery that I've always tried to figure out. For some weird reason, I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll grab the 30 Life Principles. I'll turn on the microphone and I'll talk about them, right? I don't know what I was hoping to accomplish. I don't know. I just thought it would be interesting. Maybe I was thinking that, I would going to get hundreds of hundreds of emails going. Yeah, I, I've had problems with it as well. Or, or I don't. I, I don't know what I was expecting. But whatever I was expecting, whatever I was thinking was going to happen. I, I maybe that's the problem. I did not think it through. Clearly, this series has not gone <laughs> the way uh, I. Well, I can't say the way I envisioned it. It just hasn't. Well, there's been a disconnect even in the series. But maybe that's. That's, that's that's kind of, that's the way it should work, right? There should be a disconnect. If I have a disconnect with the principles, then I'm going to have a disconnect trying to explain the principles. Maybe that's the way this was supposed to work. Maybe what I'm trying to indicate is there's lots of things in the evangelical world that reaches to some level of great popularity where lots of money is made, lots of copies are sold, something basically becomes a brand, but it really is not, it's almost something other than biblical Christianity. It's something different. And maybe that's what we're, we're, we're kind of stumbling upon. Because right in the midst of trying to figure out the 30 life principles, we stumbled upon the devotional book, Jesus Calling, which has now sold over 40 million copies. And we've been working through that as well. We've done, what, three uh, messages in that series. So maybe we're just looking at all of the things within the evangelical world that seem to sell a lot of copies, seem to have some influence being used in churches. But when you really look at the things, you're kind of like, that doesn't really connect with Scripture. And 30 Life Principles situation, it's just kind of irritating, right? You're like, why are you using that Scripture? In the Jesus Calling situation, it's not irritating. In the Jesus Calling situation, it's downright heretical. So, so th- th- it's, a, it's a different level, but both of them seeming to be like, wh- wh- where's, how are you using Scripture here? So I just wanted to turn on the microphone today to just advance this series a little bit more by looking at the next five uh, life principles and our study of these life principles. We ended last time with looking at 10 through 15. I'm not going to go back and repeat all of them. I'll just read 10 through 15 again. Life principle number 10, as taught by Charles Stanley, is if necessary, God will move heaven and earth to show us his will. Now, if you know anything about Charles Stanley's teaching, and I just have to point this out because I don't want people to think that I'm just like, I don't really understand Charles Stanley. I graduated from the Charles Stanley Institute for Christian Living or whatever it was called, basically their Bible Institute. I don't remember the name. I've got the diploma somewhere. Um, So I I know his teaching quite well. I've listened to who knows how many thousands of hours of sermons from Charles Stanley. I've probably read every book that's ever been published by him. Even though I constantly find myself in mass disagreement with all of it, for some reason, I've just always like, oh, okay, I'll just read it. I'll just read it just to keep up with it. 
So whenever I hear Charles Stanley talks about God's will, it's always this like mysterious thing that you have to listen for an inner voice. You got to try to figure it out. And remember, I reject that completely. If you want to know God's will for your life, you read the Bible. End, end of story. You know, it's not some, oh, what is God's will? Which car should I buy? Which, and you try to wait for some kind of feeling. That's all the experiential kind of Christianity that is subjective. It's based off feelings. And it seems to ignore the fact that inside of you is depravity. So any feeling or voice you supposedly hear inside of you is greatly influenced by the depravity that's also contained within you. So if you want to know God's will, read his word. But of course, in Charles Stanley, it's this like, you, you, this like constant like mystery you're trying to figure out. So it would make sense for him to say, if necessary, God will move heaven and earth to show us his will. He doesn't need to move heaven and earth. He's given us his will right here in the pages of scripture. To me, that's a far more sustainable, logical, and meaningful form of Christianity than trying to figure out some mysterious will that's I got to figure out based off how I feel. It, it, it's just, that's crazy. Number 11, God assumes full responsibility for our needs when we obey him. Now, this is somewhat troubling because the idea is God will only meet your need if you obey him. Well, how much obedience must I demonstrate before he will meet my needs? Do, do, what do I, and what about people who, well, Christians who've, who, who live in third world nations and other nations where, well, they end up dying of starvation or something else? How does, how does that work? But okay. Remember, all of these life principles are very much law-based and not gospel-based, which we've talked about earlier on in this series. Number 12, peace with God is the fruit of oneness with God. That's the one I had a big problem with. The peace with God is not the fruit of my oneness with God. Peace with God is the fruit of justification. And and, and what's interesting when you click on this and read and do the study for this principle, it doesn't even mention, say, Romans 5.1, which is just star- startling. Verse 13, listening to God is essential to walking with God. Here's that thing. You got to listen to it. God is speaking... Outside of the Bible, he's speaking some kind of inner voice. You gotta, you gotta listen for it. No, I, if I want to listen to God, I just read my Bible. That's that's what I do. Uh, number fourteen, God acts on behalf of those who wait for Him. And then number fifteen, which I did find number fifteen somewhat interesting, brokenness is God's requirement for maxim, maximum usefulness. Brokenness is God's requirement for maximum usefulness. I love this idea. I think it is one that we could really probably build on. And I was hoping it was going to spark more discussion. But I think that I, I, I would pose the question, I think the church, whatever good comes from brokenness, I think in many instances, the church almost circumvents that. It almost messes it up because the church doesn't say brokenness is a path to usefulness, If depending on the type of thing that breaks you, certain sins, certain thing that breaks you, certain failures, certain mistakes, the church doesn't see it as a, uh, a requirement for usefulness. They will say that it's a disqualification for usefulness. I said, like, if, if Peter was in the modern church and he denied Jesus three times, there would be some church to say, you're disqualified and you're done. So... All right, we could have that discussion. So we're going to look at the next one, all right? 16 to 20. Life principle number 16 is taught by Charles Stanley is 
whatever you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ashes. Now, that's an interesting principle. Whatever you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ashes. Now, that I this one is interesting but somewhat problematic because are you saying that everything I obtain that's going to ultimately turn to ashes is not a part of God's will? It's outside of God's will? My house? It's one day going to turn to ash? Is it? Is it outside of God's will? Every material possession I own is going to turn to ash. Is it outside of God's will? I want you to hear that again. Whatever you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ash. But everything I own, everything I obtain, everything I acquire in this world is going to turn to ash. So is everything outside of God's will? Now, if we if we click on this one... um. I'm seeing here what they what they have to t- uh, talk about here. All right, they, for some weird re- once again, this is the passage is for this one is Ezekiel. I'm not going to go through to that now and get caught up. We may, we may have to come back and look at it. I'm trying to see exactly what they're referring to here. Um, I, I'm I'm don't. I'm looking at this and I'm not quite sure what this is talking about. Um, This is weird. Okay, this is the live. This is the living. The principle here in the book. What do you long for? Is it love, wealth, acceptance, stability, prominence, or something else? If you chase after it apart from God's will, what you'll find once you achieve your goal will be extremely disappointing and empty. It will burn up and turn to ashes, and it will send you in the process as well. Therefore, don't ignore the alarm signal within you. It is God's Holy Spirit warning that you're about to do something you will regret. So I guess what this is referring to I think that what this is referring to is not like if you, okay, these life principles, and and I'm just, and the reason I'm just somewhat baffled here, I'm somewhat baffled here because uh, once again, if I looked at the scripture, it would not have been a scripture I would have gone with. So let's read this again. The life principle is whatever you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ashes. He's not referring to what you acquire materially. It seems to be like whenever we see something and we want it and it goes against God's word, we go, it goes against God's word, then ultimately it will turn to ashes in the sense that it's going to just, it's not going to satisfy, it's going to burn up. He, this one is, I don't, it sounds like what he, on one hand, you're kind of like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Because everything I acquire is going to burn up, but he's not talking about like turning into physical ashes. I think what he's saying that whatever you go after, that's not God's will. You go after an illicit relationship. You go after something you lust for. You go after something that you make an idol, whatever it, you, you pursue these other things that goes against God's word. In a sense, it's going to turn into ashes that it's not going to satisfy and it's going to burn you and it's going to hurt you. Okay. I, I, I kind of see that. It's still interesting that he went to Ezekiel, but 
all right. I, I, I can kind of understand it. It's just kind of written very weird. Number 17. We stand tallest and strongest on our knees. So if you want to t- stand tall and strong, then you have to live a life of prayer. All right. Number 18. As children of a sovereign God, we are never victims of our circumstances. As a children of a sovereign God, we are never victims of our circumstances. Now, that sounds good. You could see where it could lead to some philosophical problems. Hey, you're a child of a sovereign God. You're not a victim of circumstances. That horrible tragedy that occurred to you, that's what the sovereign God wanted. Now, I understand that there's theological truth to all things happen according to God's will and God's plan because, well, he, he's in, he, he works all things after his purpose and his will. I understand that from a philological perspective. I'm just saying that there's always a time and place and how to bring that subject up to someone who just suffered. Um, and just remember even, yeah, that, that still doesn't excuse what happened. It's, it's really, we could, we could spend a lot of time working and unpacking that one. But I do agree that as Christians, we can't see ourselves as victims of circumstance. We are experiencing what the sovereign God has brought into our life for whatever reason. It, it, that, that leads to some major emotional struggles, depending on what you've experienced. But it is, it, it is kind of interesting that he points out, it would, be, it would be interesting to go through his uh, study there and see what he has to say. Number 19, anything you hold too tightly, you will lose. Anything you hold too tightly, you will lose. And it's, what, what scripture does he have here? It goes to the book of Amos. The, the scriptures used for some of these life principles are absolutely fascinating to me. I, I'm constantly like, what? Uh, wh- where did you come up with that? It, it, it just, it's so weird. It's like, um, at some point, I'm probably made just, I may use these life principles again in some kind of teaching uh, aspect at my church just to go study the scriptures they give, almost like just doing individual studies. What I may do is take each, I'll take all of the scriptures he gives for the studies and just do individual studies on those scriptures and not mention the life principle. And then at the end say, Charles Stanley used this passage to teach this and then work through what he had to say. That could be somewhat interesting I, I don't know if, I, I think it would be interesting. I don't know if anyone else would be, think it would be interesting, but yeah, maybe we'll have to do that. But anything you hold too tightly, you will lose. All right, and then number 20, disappointments are inevitable. Discouragement is a choice. Disappointments are inevitable. Discouragement is a choice. Now that one, okay, I I may be able to work a little bit better with that. I mean, some of these others I may be able to work with. Some of them I just, I always have a problem trying to connect. Mainly I have a problem connecting with the scriptures that are used. Let's see what scripture is used for this one. Goes to the book of Habakkuk. Again, it's it's almost all of the... uh, he almost always goes to Old Testament passages for these life principles, which is just kind of interesting. Um, 
Let me go here back to the contents. All right, there we go. So those are the five. Let's go through them again. All right. Number 16, eventually, or, or I'm sorry, whatever you, you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ashes. That's number 16 of the Life Principles of Charles Stanley. When you actually click on the study, you kind of get an idea of what he's referring to. He seems to be saying anything you pursue that's outside of God's will, it's going to turn to ashes in the sense that it's just going to, it's not going to satisfy and it's going to burn up and probably hurt you. All right. Number 17, we stand tallest and strongest on our knees. Okay. Number 18, as children of of a sovereign God, we are never victims of our circumstances. Now, again, that one, there I, it's just interesting. He's not reformed in his theology, but he, he it would be interesting to see how he handles this. But, you know, you're not a victim of your circumstance because the sovereign God. But how far does he take that? How, how does he stay consistent with his understanding of God's sovereignty? That one would be fascinating to look at. Number 19, anything you hold too tightly, if you hold on to something really tightly, you're, you're going to ultimately lose it. That, that's an interesting principle. And then number 20, disappointment is in our disappointments are inevitable. Discouragement is a choice. Disappointment is inevitable. Your dis- discouragement is a choice. You choose to be discouraged. That's one we'll have to, well, a lot of these, you see, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go back and we're going to work it through them. But what we'll do um, is we only have, that gets us to number 20. So the next time we'll look at five more, then we'll do one more episode where we look at five more. And then I literally may just go all the way back to the first one, like our intimacy with God, his highest priority for our lives determines the impact of our lives. And that is based off Genesis one twenty six, and I may just do some uh, like, hey, today at church we're going to study. We're going to start with Genesis one twenty six, and I may take a passage there, take some of the other scriptures that he puts together. Say, what can we learn from this? What is a life? What is a principle we can come up with based off this? We'll formulate the principle, then we'll go back and compare it to Charles Stanley's principles. I think that's what we may do. I. I I, because I just can't let this go. I just, I can't let it go. And these life principles, again, I even reading them, sometimes I'm like, what are you talking? I don't want uh, talking about. And when, when I look at the scripture, I'm once again, kind of just like, I'm just like, what, what are you doing here? But let's go through the these again, just so that we have them for today. Number 16, you can, you can meditate on these principles and Tell me what you think and see if you have scripture that would support them. Whatever you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ashes. All right. Number 17, we stand tallest and strongest on our knees. Number 18, as children of a sovereign God, we are never victims of our circumstances. Number 19, anything you hold too tightly, you will lose. And number 20, disappointment disappointments are inevitable. Discouragement is a choice. Now, I could just move on and try to knock off the next five, but I'm just going to save five for each episode, and then we're going to do some more work on this. I know you're like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Just hurry up and give the 30 and just forget this series. But I I still think there's something here. I, I still think there's something here to be, 
I, even if it's just a study of these individual passages of scripture, which would be challenging in and of itself. So I'm going to put my, I'm, I'm going to just, I think, dedicate, I'm going to commit myself to the challenge. I think I'm going to take up the challenge. Like, okay, you, you take these random passages of scripture that you think are connected to your life principles. I don't know if they're connected to your life principles, but I'm going to study each individual passage and see what principles I come up with based off those same scriptures you're using. That would be an interesting exercise and something we could do. So maybe we dedicate uh, some time at Victory Baptist Church for that. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe we do that. It, it, it could be fun. It could be fun. Maybe. We will see. So we'll, maybe we'll do that. I don't know. We still got, we've got the Bible study exercise on the Holy Spirit, which is going to take church services. I don't know. Maybe I start doing it right here just as, uh, you know, continue the series. But uh, I've got to, I got to figure out how these scriptures are used because every, everyone you click on, it's almost just some random Old Testament book. Like it's just like Ezekiel, Habakkuk. And you're like, wait, how did you get your life principle from that passage of scripture? what? It's almost like a hermeneutical challenge. So what I may, I could do it this way. All right, everyone, here's the life principle. Here it is. I may do this at church. Everyone, here's the life principle today. You got it? Everybody write the principle down. What do you think about the principle? Then what I'm going to do is say, okay, guys, we're going to look at the passage of scripture that the author of that life principle says is where the life, this principle has, has, has been, has been, been taken from. It's derived from it. Now, we're first going to study the passage and see if that's accurate or not accurate. And then if it's not accurate, we have to come up with a life principle from that passage of scripture. And I'm, I'm going to, maybe I can get my congregation to have to work. And then, of course, you can participate in listening live. But I think having a live audience in front of me, it would work a little bit better. Could be fun. It could be. We'll see. I don't know if my church will find it fun, but I think it could be fun. All right. There you go. I, I, I don't want to spend a, an hour on this. I just want to give you those five. And every time I'm done, I'm like, man, I, I probably should have done a little bit more. But no, I want you to think, I want you to have all 30 of these life principles written down. And I want you to just think about them and meditate on them and see what you think. All right. You're like, oh, that's a good life. Oh, that's not a good life principle. I, I think it'll be beneficial. And another reason I... Um, have to stop is I think possibly groceries have been delivered at our front door. So I don't want everything melting out there. I could be wrong, but I thought I heard someone come to the door while I was up here. So, all right, we'll be back today. We're going to do some live broadcasts throughout the afternoon, I think, and uh, into the evening. So um, hopefully we'll, we may just grab, I I, I wish we could find uh, the sermons to the live principle series and then we could review some of them, but uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.